Lewis was in the front spot that time. Ball hits the deck. Handball over the top. Martin, he couldn't quite trap it, but had the skill to go after it again. Make that three. Make that three, you little beauty. He's a superstar, Cole Martin. And he slams through his first on the bending over his grass. Who's going to claim the ball that's just falling out of hand? Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Smythe. It's Smythe. He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. It all comes down to this. After five months of gruelling, thrilling and enthralling Eastern Football Nepal League action, we've got just one more afternoon to go as Roval and Noble Park descend on Bayswater Oval tomorrow for the Premier Division Grand Final and we're going to preview it all on the final Deakin University weekend forecast of the 2022 season. I'm Matthew Fodia and joining me today, Josh Ward, Ray Baird and Matt Spider-Lee. I'll let people behind the uh, the curtain straight off the bat. I said that they'll be descending on it tomorrow. It's being released on a Friday, but it's been recorded on a Wednesday just because of all the hullabaloo that happens in grand final week. So we don't know the teams. We, we don't know if there's any late changes, and we, we don't even know who's going to play on who. But we are very, very excited about what has been pretty much since about round four, <laughs> the likely grand final. Um, I'll start with you, Josh. You must be very excited, mate. It's, you've done a lot of football work across the AFNL and Northern Footy League the last month and a half, mate. You've, these grand finals yeah. are getting boring for you. Yeah, they are, they are a little, but I'm enjoying it. And, yeah, it all comes to a climax uh, this weekend. And, yeah, no better two, no better two teams taking place out at Bayswater, Bayswater over Roval and... Noble Park, they've both been terrific. Roval have, well, they've definitely caught me off off guard this year. Noble Park, they've just continued on from last year. And, yeah, I can't wait to see how it all pans out at Basewater Oval. Yeah, it should be exciting. It should be a massive crowd too, Ray Baird. You know, last time we saw Roval and Noble was at the Bull Ring and they claimed they had a 1,000 people there that day. I think they might have fudged the numbers. But it was a big crowd that day and that was just a home and away game. So, no doubt... The crowd at Bayswater Oval tomorrow as people are listening. Well, look, any, any FNL grand final, there's huge crowd. But I think tomorrow it's going to probably be almost be a record crowd. Yeah. You know, I, can, I can go back when Noble Park first came into the competition and they made their finals in the first year. There was a huge crowd that year as well. But, uh, look, Noble Park always travel well. And Roval, their situation, well, look... Uh, Who'd, who'd expected that after? I mean, uh, after last season, in an, in an incomplete season, they were go, they were going to be relegated. Yeah, oh, no, Doncaster East were bottom. Yeah, yes. they were in that race to be relegated, and the way Ben Wise has turned it around, and uh, you know, and let's not forget James Wilt down there. He's he's done we'll, a fantastic job. We'll with talk the back about line. their transition yes. from twenty uh, twenty one to twenty twenty two in a second. Matt Spider Lee, we've uh, you know, the, the, it's all come down to this, hasn't it? It's um. If halfway through the year, it felt like we were never going to get to finals. And then once the finals started, it's absolutely gone by in a flash. It only feels like a couple of days ago we were talking about, you know, whether East Bell could come from third, whether, um, you know, Warren Dyke were the best chance to beat Waverley Blues, all those sort of things. And, you know, in the blink of an eye, we've had a lot of questions answered, except for the, the last remaining one. Yeah, g'day, Matty. G'day, everyone. Looking forward to the weekend. And it's come around. There has been a lot of questions answered across all divisions. And we get the final stamp uh, out of Bayswater tomorrow. Tomorrow. And we're really looking forward to it because there's so much riding on it for, for two clubs. Uh, Roval, where they've come from as a as a club over the last 30 years from that uh, growth area. Now uh, they sit at the top of the tree, for an example, from you know, being the top of the ladder for pretty much the whole year. Everyone's wanted to chase them down. Noble Park, they've been there before and had probably three good eras, really. They've won those couple of back-to-backs, one under, a back-to-back under Dennis Knight, back-to-back under Mick Fogarty and now an opportunity to win another FNL Premiership uh, under Stephen Hughes. So all was in readiness and you just get the feeling for Noble Park, it's a transition era. Is this the final you know, moment for some of the older players of Noble Park to um, yeah, to sign off on or for Roval, is this their moment in the Sunray where finally they get to deliver the premiership that everyone's been waiting for down there? They've delivered three senior premierships of Division 4, Division 3 and Division 2, but haven't been able to de- deliver the ultimate one. But now the one that's waiting for them is uh, in front of their eyes and we'll find out this time tomorrow whether they're capable of doing it. Yeah, well, they certainly put themselves in a position to create history down there at Seabeck Oval and, uh, and and you're just talking about, uh, you know, Noble Park, uh, a couple of the older guys going to give it away? Maybe so, but Roval, as you say, win, lose or draw tomorrow, the, the future's great because they've got a great 
group of young players down there. They've got depth. Their reserves are also playing in a grand final, and they've got great junior program down there. So the future at Rover looks great. Well, they've built it, Matty, because well, over they've a always long had a, time. They've, as long as I've been um, uh, alive and conscious of the FNL, they've always had a, a pretty decent junior program, Roval. It, it, um, it's obviously transitioned now into the into their senior team. Let's start with the Hawks. So the way we're going to do this weekend forecast is we're going to break it up into club mm-hmm. by club. We'll talk about Roval, their season, where they've come from, their key players for tomorrow, uh, and all those sort of things. Obviously, Noah Park will get a mention at some stage during the <laughs> conversation. Then we've got an interview. Josh interviewed Ben Wise and Steve Hughes during the week, so he's going to we're going to play Ben Wise's chat with Josh, and then we'll transition and talk about Noble Park. Again, we'll probably mention Roval in that period too at some point, um, and I'm sure we'll mention some other clubs, and then we'll finish with a chat with Steve Hughes and, of course, our tips. So, and I know I've got to make about I've got to I've got to write it down, Ray, because I think I've got to make I've got to tip this uh, the grand final four days in a row, and I've got to remember which team I tipped. I always change them from podcast to game day, so I've got to I've go with that one. So let's start with the Hawks. Um, quick uh, summary of just their season. Uh, obviously, sixteen and two, and then played just the one final and and beat Noel Park pretty handily. So clearly, minor premiers um, going to the grand final as the home side after winning that second semi final. Um, they've been in the top flight since twenty thirteen when they won the twenty twelve Division Two Premiership, and obviously, as we've alluded to plenty of times, they were a Division Four club for almost. 20 years. So 1987 they got uh, started in Division 4 after being relegated in 86 and played in that division until 2003 where they won every game for the year and then straight from uh, 2003 basically almost in 2005 they almost won straight in Division 1 4-3-2-1 but uh, fell at the final hurdle. Um, half a decade or so in that division before uh, I think they beat Montrose out of Jubilee Park um, yes. after get to go through and then since then they've been fairly successful in Premier Division. They've played uh, in a few final series before this one, uh, four of them, so 2015, 2016, 2018 and 2019. But without a win. Without a win, yes. So uh, Alex Frawley actually spoke to Will Spencer in the week for an come out that they they got to, I think he said something like nine finals. I think his number was off five finals without winning and they got the monkey off the back the other week against Noble Park. Um, they've won five premierships in the Eastern Football Netball League. In terms of their record against Noble Park this year, it's... Uh, Pretty fantastic. So, obviously, as we mentioned, they've beaten them three times and three different types of wins, Ray. Um, the, the first one, they sort of jumped them early. Noble got back into it and then they steadied themselves and were able to, to run over the top or, or run away from the Bulls, winning by almost 30 points um, on round one. And everyone sort of thought, well, round one throws up random results all the time. You know, let's, you know, everyone thought, okay, that's right. Noble will get them a second time round. In round 16, when we finally got to see them again, it did look like Noble would get them uh, in the first half. They were all over Roval. It made Roval look like a young side that day in the first half, but in probably the comeback of the decade, (laughs) if not longer, Roval kicked 11 goals to three in the second half to win by two points, and then obviously the second semi-final, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, too too good, too early, and and Noble were uh, chasing the proverbial bottom um, for the rest of the game, and the Hawks won by six goals. Overall, these two sides have played 16 games and Roval have won six of them, uh, obviously the last three as well. So I'll start with you, Ray. You mentioned a little bit that in 2021, if the season had been ended properly and there was relegation, they would have just avoided it. I think they were percentage above Doncaster East. So it actually says how far both those clubs have come because Donny East were one step away from playing in a prelim and Roval are obviously in the grand final. They've done it in different ways, though. Doncaster East is pretty obvious method. Let's recruit some, some really good players. They've got a good coach in and, and obviously they've got players that have been there forever, but they've gone on a, a big recruiting drive. Roval have recruited, but, but not quite ex-AFL stars. It's more a youth uh, brigade. Yeah, yeah. what they've done, uh, since that 2012, you said, was it the Division 2 Grand Final? Since that, even that day, I think they, out of their 22, I think there was 17 come from their juniors. So what they've done since then also is concentrated on their juniors, bringing them in, getting games under their belt. And, and once most of these kids playing now have had, you know, 30-odd games at you know, minimum. Some of, apart from the, the three old ones, Maddie Davey, the old man. Yes, 
Well, exactly. The oldest, the oldest 24-year-old in the world yeah. or whatever Nick it was. Nick Shellmakers and, of course, Alex Frawley. And Shellmakers isn't even that old, is he? He's, he's experienced. He's not that old, but he's been at Robel for, uh, for a, long a, a while. Time. I can remember when he first come there, he he'd, he'd only had a, a half a season of football when he come to Robel, and then everyone saw then that he had the ability. He was very raw and that, but... Uh, but they're yeah, getting back to Roval this year. Look, I I saw a lot of their games, and early on I saw a lot. And it was around about round four. I thought, gee, this group's special. They are special. The way that well, the way they go about their football. Well, the in round in round four, they beat a ball inside that. Yes. Obviously, I had expected to win the premiership. And mm-hmm. to be honest, every time you saw their best twenty-two, no one, even you, were saying their best twenty-two looks on paper like the best team. That that round four game. Um, ball and kick 1-6 in the first quarter. So you could put that down, but that's obviously great defensive effort. They kept ball into, for the rest of the game, five goals, seven, um, and kicked yeah. uh, six goals themselves in the period. So they won 9-7 to 6-13, and it was the first time out of the first month they'd won, a, a, they'd won back-to-back scrappy games. So round one, we mentioned, they beat Nova yeah. Park. Round two, they smashed North Ringwood. Yeah. The week before, they kicked 5-16 against the Norwood team and only won by two points when many said they should have won by about 100. Yeah. Um, and then they played that ball team and they scrapped. Yeah. So they'd won in different ways in that first month and followed it up with a win over South Croydon yeah. in a shootout, 112-97. to So they were winning every which way, Spider. Yeah, they were, and they had a bit of everything. So Ben Wise, I remember talking to him in the early part of the season, and I remember him sitting there talking about how he said, you know, round one we did this and round three, he had a bit of a mixture of everything. And I said, well... Wait till you get to about round 18, you'll, you'll, have, you'll probably get a double dose of it. But I think the one thing that Ben would have learned across the year is you know, his players growing as a group right throughout the year. And I think that's been a real you know, key indicator for me, just the way that they have progressed and got better every week. Yeah, sure, they've lost a couple of games along the way. and we, There was probably one or two that we thought, oh, perhaps they're a bit off on that day, uh, the Doncaster East game, and there was there was one other one. Uh, well, they, lost, they lost twice to Doncaster and Doncaster, Doncaster East. East. And I cannot for the life of me figure out how Doncaster beat them, but carry on. <laughs> yeah, and it was just that moment where they just were off that day. And you wonder, but I remember getting, hearing that score and thinking, gee, how could they just not beat Doncaster? But just not... You know, that attitude that day. I remember Ben saying, just that little small being off that 10%, you know, people probably just expecting to turn up and win, and sometimes you just get caught off guard. And I think that was a big reality check for them as a team, and I think that might have helped them as the season went on. And I think the one thing we've we've just seen is that they've been able to... Their starts have been really impressive, but then just the ability to be able to finish off games and score quickly. And we talk about the way they... the, The modes that they play, being able to change up the gears, but also change the angles up and really pressure and that running waves and just that aggressive nature at the footy and, and run and really carry and share the ball between each other. It's just been a, a real impressive way to, to go about their footy this year. They've, they've really you know played some exciting footy this year. I think in the past, Ray, you would have to acknowledge there's always been that criticism of Roval probably being a little bit negative when they've had ball in hand. And well, I, I think you can, you can maybe say that under previous iterations. I think last year, you can't criticise them for being bored. If anything, they were too exciting because yeah. teams were piling on scores. I think yeah. Ben Wise has always wanted to play an exciting brand, Josh. It's mm. just that last year he didn't have the cattle or they didn't know what they were doing quite yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. definitely. Not. And you look at this side, you, with the younger players, you can have that you know sort of aggressive style, that pressure style, and it's really paid off this year. It, you know, I, I, I haven't seen them firsthand, but just seeing them in that match against Noble Park in, in the second half as well. That pressure reminded me of, you know, even the Richmond when when, it, when they won those premierships, well, only a couple of years ago now, but it's remarkable pressure. And talk about the development of some of their younger players as well. You know, you look at the likes of Tame Barlow, who's played a bit more VFL this year, Mitch Schruck, who played four games as well with, the, with a Box Hill Hawks, Pretty strong Boxer Hawks lineup at that. Lucky well, wind, uh, uh, Josh. When yeah, you look at it, and, you consider, yeah. and some of those guys, like we look at it, the experience you get playing at the higher level, that's an extra ten or twenty games of footy when you come back to play in the FNL Premier Division. Just that amount of experience that you gather as a player, you come back. And there you know, you know how to set up. You get that experience from above levels, uh, tactically, and you grow as a player. And I think that's going to hold them in really good stead, particularly in this game. One think, particular um, player who get, 
brings that to the club, Spider, is Anthony Brolick. Yeah. You know, his experience, he's played in a premiership at Box Hill. He's come back. Played when a he, few. He's on, out there. He's a general on the field. You can see that. Sometimes I've said to Ben, ben Wise after games this year, you know, Brolick was very, very good, but he didn't actually do a lot. But what he did counted. And, and that's, that's what uh, Ben likes about him. But, uh, no, look, yeah, I've always said it. Young kids will give you 110%. They're great on their second and third efforts, whereas you get... Look, cri- I, think, some of these I think the credit has to go to Ben Wise because that's if you can channel youth. Youth can go one or two ways. If they don't respect or for some reason buy into what the coach is selling, yeah. they might not give you that second, third effort. So, yes, youth can give you that, but a good coach has to get it out of them. You can't... Oh, yeah. I, don't, I think it's sort of like... You can't just put a whole lot of young kids yeah. on the ground and they'll just run around like oh, terriers. No, no, it's, no. It, that's how much credit has to go to Ben Wise. Because, and these players love him. You know, like... The team of the year yeah. came out, and the the fact that you know he was named coach, and you could see so many people from the it seemed the whole town wanted yeah. to jump online and, and tell Ben Wise. I'm well not deserved. sure if he checks his yeah. notifications. He, he <laughs> it's, and it's well deserved because Ben, look, he went through a really hard time. Uh, you know, just you know, twelve, twenty four months ago, he lost his father, who was a really big you know, part of his life. He was a mentor to him, and basically taught him everything he knew about life, and more importantly about footy. You know. His, his father Kevin was his coach as a junior. Uh, ben went went off and you know, when he was playing at Knox Eagles as a kid, and then he came to East Perth. But Kevin was always there, and he'd teach him, and he he would tell him when he's done the right right thing, and and also the wrong thing. And I think the one thing he still wears that heart on his sleeve. And I think for Ben to be able to go into this grand final, he'll know he'll have Kev by his side because I'll because t- Kevin will be looking down, he'll be telling him. I want to having it. You'll have a drink in one hand, <laughs> yeah. and he'll be uh, yelling in the other. I, uh, you won't be the only. <laughs> Rival person with a drink in one hand, obviously. Uh, hopefully, yeah, Ben will be able to salute his old man too in 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 winning a premiership on the weekend. But uh, Lachlan McDonald's another. I'm going to talk two rival players that I think don't get as much credit as they should. Lachlan McDonald gets a bit more credit than the other one. Um, he's a midfielder, Lachlan, but obviously with Brolick and Frawley and the likes of those guys, he doesn't get as much credit. Lockie McDonald has only he's uh, he's averaging disposals wise. He's he's only had two games where he's had under 20 touches. Yes. Round 11 against Blackburn and the, and the second semi-final against Noble Park. In other games, so against Doncaster East, a game they lost, he had 33 and had six tackles. Park Orchards, the game they bounced back, he had 41. In North Ringwood, he had 38. Noble Park, that game that we watched, 31 and three goals, including the match winner. He had 37 early in the year against South Croydon in that shootout, including um, 16 contested disposals. Norwood game 28 clo- uh, in that close one against Noble Park the first time 30 so clearly I think Noble have put some time into him in the second semi-final because he's basically in the first two games he's had an average of 30.5 disposals and I think 5 goals across those two games not an average of goals there and then in the second game completely dropped off to 18 so you were there Ray did it look like someone put some time into Lockie McDonald because I don't think he's the kind of guy to just forget how to find the footy. Oh, no, I think I think they've definitely got to put time into him. And, and also, Lockie's the sort of guy that would like that too. Mm. You know, the tougher it, it gets, the better he likes it. If, if you had any criticism about Lockie McDonald and then us old guys down the road will be talk about things off the field. Got plenty of criticism. He, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but amongst ourselves. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. His disposal at times well, is of questionable. One of, the he, mo- one of the moments of the year, Ray, when but, you, when you well, didn't raise his kicking. I know, kicking. I know. <laughs> But around the ground as well, Ben. But you know, and and you can be critical of that. But when a guy's getting the ball as often as what you've mm. said, you know, it, okay, you can give him a a pass. Well, you're right about his disposal you know, efficiency, but he clearly worked on it. So the first five games of the year, he didn't have a disposal efficiency above sixty. Yeah, all of them below that. Since then, he's only had twice, sorry, three times under that mark. Yeah. So he's clearly improved on that as the years gone on, and yeah. it's probably coincided with his better performances. The other player is Maverick Taylor. Yeah. And the thing about rivalries, because they don't have that star forward, and I guess neither side does, really. I don't think no, either side no, had anyone no. in the top five goal kickers for the year. So no. Wilson and Haley and Lyle and Sam Rowe, all these guys. Roeville and Noble probably don't. Noble have got a few more notable ones. Obviously with Shane Allen, Ziggy Orwin, those guys that have got storied careers as goal kickers. But Roeville, I remember going into it and going, I don't really know who's going to kick the goals. And Josh, you know, you've only really watched on a stream, so you wouldn't know. But Mav Taylor... He's averaging 1.8 goals per game, and his form to finish the season has been fantastic. So the Noble Park game, he kicked three, and that sort of kick-started it, and he kicked, yeah. I think, all three in the last quarter, yes. definitely two of them. He then went two goals against Berwick in a game where they won easily. He kicked seven of, a, seven of eight 
in that last game of the year against Baldwin and then popped up with two and 16 touches in the second semi-final. So Mav Taylor's another one who, gone out of the radar, but his form heading into these finals is fantastic. And against Noble Park, he's kicked... Uh, 12 goals in three games. Uh, sorry, sorry, that, sorry that, eight that, goals in three games. Eight, eight goals, and that's a great effort. Look, the, the, the beauty of Matt Taylor is he's a great man on the ground, he's great on the lead, but he can also take a pack mark. Well, exactly, and he's, right. he's quite wiry, Matt. Yeah, he, but yeah, he, he's he, pretty tall, but he's not, you know, like you said. Like you said, he, wiry, but he, like you said, he impresses me in terms of those goals. He kicked, no, yeah. I think one was from a mark, but yeah. two were crumbing and hooking it over his yeah. shoulder yeah. out of a pack. So, yeah, he, he's an absolute star, Josh. Yeah, he's, he's an excitement machine, and yeah, I, I think after that victory, Roval got over Noble Park. I did ask Ray if he can be a bit of an X-factor, and he's shown these last couple of weeks he can be. You know, he's kicked... I think it's 14 goals in these in the last, in Roval's last four games, and yeah, he's put together a, a great season. Well, 14 in the last uh, yeah last four, and in terms of marking as well, he's starting to clunk them. So he took six against Noble in the second semi and five against Ball in the week before. Yeah, so he's he's definitely an exciting prospect up forward. But they do have plenty of other options. You know, Matt Davies still the leading goal kicker up there with 31 goals. The fountain of youth, Matt Davies. <laughs> Jake Arundel as well. He's kicked, <laughs> Jake Arundel, he's kicked the 27 goals and has gotten that experience up at the v- at VFL level. Lockie Wine, when he's been playing with Rover well, 27. Wine's only played Shit. about half the year, hasn't yeah. he? And But he kicked three in the second semi as well. So now with Wine, Taylor, Davey, Arundel, and then the, probably the other two down there will be Josh Clark and Curtis Flakemore. Any one of those, I don't think anyone's going to kick a bag off five or six tomorrow. No. From, definitely from Roeville. But I could see four or five blokes popping up with three. <laughs> Look, the, the beauty of Lockie Wine coming into that game, particularly in that fi- that previous final, is that he take, he got, he's a tall and he he's can a take a big point. mark. So so they've got, as we've just said, they've got great crummers around the, the ground level, but now they've also got a full mm. forward who can take a huge so, grab. So in Wine the and Taylor court. are they going to yes, be the marking Taylor, options? That's right. Does Mark Seedsman get back in? Or, I doubt or will he play I the early it. game? I doubt it. I really feel sorry for mm. him. And there's a couple young uh, Cole Clo. One of them. Not one Jai. Of them. Uh, uh, Brooke. Brooke. He's stiff to miss out. But well, there's always one or two that get squeezed Well, that's a measure of a club, isn't it? Because of your dad. I was down there the other Thursday night when they've selected that side to play that other final. And, and look, Ben was very good. He got up and he said, look, there's guys going to miss out. They miss out at all level at this time of the year. But exactly. Because but that, that would, there wouldn't be a club no. that is successful <laughs> and that... No one comes away from the selection meeting with a, a sob story. No, and, and he said there's going to be guys that are miss out. We know that, but you're all part of the team. You all got us here, you know. And and I thought that was a great speech to get up and make to these kids. And then let's let's face it, these kids are playing in a grand final in the reserves as well. So, well exactly. You know, so yeah, and flags ben, a flag. ben understands. I mean, yeah. he's played senior footy both yeah. at Eastbourne Ball, <laughs> and he knows how to do it. Yeah. He knows he's played under these guys that have had had to put people in this situation and deliver the bad news. You're playing in the early yeah. game. Yeah. You're not going to be in that team selected where we need you. So I think he's been well, able to do look, that and bring that now culture to that to rival. One thing we hope is that no one, everyone, get the day off work Friday. One and two, if you are working. Don't use anything that can cut you. Poor Mitch Farmer. Yes. Sliced his hand open with a Stanley knife the day before the grand final yesterday. They won by about 100 points, so he would have. Uh, they yeah. might have won by 130. Yeah. <laughs> he said so he missed out on a medal after all this time searching for one. So he ended up getting a medal, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean the same. I was no, talking to him. No. I go, circular saw, Stanley knife. Yeah. Stanley yeah. knife. Tom Norton, though, is the lucky one. So for, for Brooke and for Seedsman and so on, yeah. they might be. You know, going around work sites. That's to be the CDO rule, tradie day off. For you would have thought, but it, we would have thought, maybe that they should have moved the Queen's thing to this Friday for our grand final. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, well, just one thing on young Brooke Colclough, though. Look, he, he's held in very high regard down there at Rival. They have penciled him in as the next Alex Frawley when Alex gives it away. He's the same sort of player. In How and many under, years do you reckon Alex has got left? Well, he, who knows? Who knows do you reckon if they win, he might ride off into the sunset? No, I, I think he might play another one. Yeah, he, he's, Him and his partner have just had a, had a child and... Uh, just in the last couple of weeks, but no, I, I, I think if they, I think, I think he'll play whether they win or lose. Right, he's still playing good footy. Oh, absolutely. He limited, limited maybe time, ground time, but he's still yeah, playing. Yeah. And they're footy. so young, you probably need to keep a couple of those experienced exactly. heads around for uh, a bit longer. Just before we go to that Ben Wise interview, a few more stats from Yarraville Water Stats Bench: Noel McPhee. So as I mentioned, these two teams played sixteen times in their history. Noble ten, Roville six, but Roville have the last three. Finals-wise, Roval have played 37 finals in the EFNL. They've won 17 and lost 20 and have a winning streak of one. 
um, Noble Park 18 and 14. So Roval got a few more finals, but uh, Noble um, more wins. And then 5 and 2 Roval in grand finals, though Noble 4 and 3. So they both played 7 grand finals. Um, the Hawks are the only team to twice win successive premierships in different divisions. So in 80 and 81, they won Division 2 and Division 1. And then they went Division 3 and Division 2 in tw- uh, 2005. 4 or 5, I think. 4 yeah. or 5 or 3-4. Uh, and then they will be the 14th club to win a premiership in the top five, top flight, and they will, in the process, if they win tomorrow, join Donvale as the only club to win a flag in four divisions. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a big start. And I just briefly, before we go to that interview, Ray, I just want to ask you about someone that has made a big impact, especially in that second semi, was our Shawmakers, who played a, a massive role in that game, and we talked about when he didn't play early in the year, but he's Coming into that, coming back into the side, creates a huge difference for them. The way that they are, especially in the tall department, the way and particularly the way he plays, he just covers the ground, and his ability to be able to feed the midfielders has has been really important, particularly in that in that second semi final. He is the perfect person to have in the midfield with that young group mm. because he brings a bit of grunt to his game. You know, he he's uh, he, he throws his weight around, you know, legally, but he throws his weight around and. And the way he leaps, you know, from a standing still position, he just leaps and and, and gives Lockie McDonald first exactly. use of the ball. Exactly, and then he, now that he's improved his kicking rate, yeah. gives uh, <laughs> Matt Taylor the, and a look at the goal. But, but also, just quick, on Shellmaker, he's also taking marks around the ground, which is great for any ruckman in and any And Mitch Garner leaving is... Would, look, would I, Mitch I thought, Garner have been in the... Would he have... Would he and Shellmakers share the duties, or was Garner starting to slide well, I, out? I think they would have shared the duties, but also with Mitch gone, I think Shellmakers has, has stepped certainly up. stepped up. Well, sometimes yeah, he's the number one. Sometimes right someone clearing out of the way exactly. can you help you. All right, we're going to go to that interview with Ben Wise, so Josh will get nine minutes here of listening to his own voice, <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to do the same thing but with Noble Park. Joining us now on the Deakin University weekend forecast is Roval coach Ben Wise. Ben, just off the bat, must be pretty excited to be in the Premier Division Grand Final, well, for the first time in your coaching stint, but and I think the first time in in Roval history. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Thanks, Josh. It's um, yeah, it's been really exciting. Big build up. Um, obviously, being part of the final series again, and after having a few years off with uh, with COVID, to you know, to experience the the final series so far and to be into the last game, it's um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and and just you know, this season, well, I'll admit some of the media team, including myself, we we didn't really have high expectations for you guys this year. But did you? And we, well, I definitely regret that now, and I'm sure everyone else <laughs> does. But did you did you believe that you could be in this position at the start of the at the start of the year, or were you expecting to be in the grand final? Oh, look, yeah, in terms of belief, yeah, I, I did believe in the group. Um, you know, the the group we sort of assembled over the pre-season and, and adding the class that we needed to, we thought we had a really strong list. And, and I suppose, you know, the outsiders looking in probably didn't give us much of a show because they probably didn't really know many of the names that I've sort of got on my list that are homegrown and, and come through the junior programs. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just been really... Uh, Really positive to, for them to develop uh, another year of senior footy into most of these boys, and and for them to play and understand the way I want them to. Um, yeah, it's been a really good year to date. And just talk about some of those younger players too. You know, you've got the likes of of Mitchell Shruck, uh, Tane Barlow, Jesse Jesse Eikhoff, Jake Arundel, Lockie Wine, Mav Taylor. Most of those players having that. That VFL experience the last well this year mainly. How great has it been to see them develop into the players that they've become this year? Yeah, it's been super. Um, obviously, all those guys you mentioned, plus a few more that mm. you know, they're all, all really good mates. They play junior footy together. They all went to school together at, at the Roval Academy. Um, so for them to sort of come through and you know, all be sort of twenty one, twenty two now. Um, it's yeah, it's it's good that. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to worry about them too much gelling. They've been playing a lot of footy together during their junior program. So, um, yeah, for them to just all stick together and, and start playing senior footy at the same time, it's been really pleasing. And then, 
you know, you get some other guys like Cooper McDonald that's just come from the clouds, really, and, mm. and had a really super breakout year in, in senior footy. So he's um, he's been really impressive as well. So, yeah, really lucky that these guys are all coming through at the same time and, um, you know, having the older boys sort of compliment them, it's it's been, yeah, really good so far. Yeah, and just the older boys too, Anthony Brolick coming back, full-time from VFL. He's had a phenomenal season. Lockie McDonald, Nick Shawmakers in Ruck, been one of the better Rucks this year. Yeah. Matthew Davey as well up, up forward as your leading goal kicker as well at that. Just, you know, how, yeah, how crucial have they been for the development of, of those younger players that I did mention? Yeah, they've been they've been huge. Um, you know, all those guys you mentioned, plus you know Alex Frawley, who's mm. probably been the pinnacle of, of Roval for the last twelve to thirteen years um, in terms of leadership. But um, yeah, having all those guys, you know, Brol coming back from BFL program, and um, you know, having the older guys, they're just they're just really invested in what we want, and they want success as much as anyone. And they set really good standards. They buy in. They train all the time. Um, you know, even though that they're a couple of them are now newly dads and and other things are going on in their lives, and they're, they're at that age where you know some a lot of people go away to other divisions and take the load off these guys. They're getting better with age, some of them. So um, yeah, very lucky that those guys, you know, set a good example for the younger younger ones coming through. And yeah, these these younger ones know you know no different. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, let's just look at the grand final and, and your build up to your, the the team you're playing this weekend, Noble Park. You've defeated them all three times. Do you reckon that gives you a little bit of a psychological edge heading into this match? Uh, it depends who you ask, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a quality opposition, and every time we've come up against them, it's it's been a really tough contest. So I expect no different. You know, coming into a grand final, especially, um, they bounced back really well last, you know, on Saturday against uh, South Croydon, and you know we'll have our we'll have our task ahead of us for sure. Um, but we'll just concentrate on what we need to do. We'll obviously, look at their strengths and what they do really well, and try and nullify that. Um, and obviously, matchups are going to play a pivotal part. So, yeah, it's um, you know psychologically, it might be more for the players, but in terms of the way I prepare and. Um, knowing what Hughesy will do, that's you know that's just what we're going to have to work out. And just talking about the match in well, the grand scheme of things as well, two clubs from the south southeast of of Melbourne as well. Just just how big is it for this game for footy for the southeastern suburbs? Because you know these are two, like I said, two clubs come from the southeast suburbs, and they've both been the two best side you both have been the two best sides this season just how great is it to have two south eastern clubs in the afnl grand final yeah it is so bad it's like obviously it's such a big area um mm-hmm. you know it's such a big growth area for a lot of you know a lot of kids are playing a lot of footy and you know noble park have a really strong program as well um to, to obviously miss the last couple of years and there's obviously a bit of history between Roval and Noble. You know, we've had players come back and forth from, um, you know, including Jimmy Gwilt. And this year we've had Ali come across and, yeah. and Young T that's come across. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's exciting for the comp. And, you know, it's just really good to be back playing, you know, uh, a full season and finals footy. So, yeah, it's exciting for this um, for this side of town. Yeah, and it... it It'll definitely come to a climax by the end of um uh, by the end of Saturday, and you know you've also got your reserves who are playing in the grand final too. It, it's pretty yeah. big having you know both your seniors and the reserves playing in the grand final, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it's a credit to you know everyone at the footy club and the amount of work that goes in. Obviously, um, you know the junior program we speak about a bit, and the way it's sort of structured up now with AFL Vic and that, you really got to put time into to the kids coming through and try and create a bit of a pathway. And um, you know, when I took the role a couple of years ago, now uh, it was a big focus for me, and we wanted to make sure that the kids that are coming through stay at the footy club and. Um, yeah, to make sure that they can uh, obviously have a pathway all the way through the senior footy. So, yeah, our list is really lucky. Um, you know, we've had a lot of guys that have played junior footy together and it's a credit to the boys. We've, we've come into good shape and, um, you know, getting getting a really healthy list of about 60 players, I think 66 we've sort of played this year, wow. 
Um, yeah, having that cool, good core base. Um, getting both sides in just means there's a lot of talent there, which is great. It definitely is, and uh, I forgot to mention as well the women's side winning that Division One Premiership. That if if both your reserves and and yourself can win the Premiership, it it's it's been a great season for the Hawks this year from down Rover. Well, Ben, it's been great chatting with you ahead of well a massive Saturday on a on a Monday too, and yeah, good luck out at Basewater Oval. Sure to be an absolute ripper of a contest. Yeah, no worries, Josh. Thanks for that, mate. No problem. Welcome back to the Deakin University Grand Final Premier Division Weekend Forecast, the last one of 2022. Uh, last one for me that I can see of as well, Josh, so I might get emotional <laughs> in the end. Well done to you on that interview there with Ben Wise. So we've spoken about Roville. Let's jump into Noble Park. Um, aside Now, this, this team, we were a little bit more expecting this, Josh, mm. at the start of the year when we all did our premiership or ladder predictions. I had Baldwin and Noble as one, two. You had Noble... Noble. As number one, I think. Yeah, I had Noble as number one. Yeah, we won't mention where you had Roville. Um, <laughs> but everyone seemed to think, a lot of people when we were tipping our grand finals, it was Baldwin Noble, it was, you know, South Croydon Noble, or Don- even a couple of people had Doncaster East making it. I think some people still had Vermont making because it, it was easy to tip. But So this is a little bit more expected. Their, their path to the grand final has been slightly different, but let's do a bit of club history. So they joined the Air Finale in 2000 after winning what? You know. Oh, plenty of premierships <laughs> uh, in the, uh, yeah. the Southern. I think they won, what was it? So they've won 24 flags, so 20 of them uh, before they came. They won 94, 92, 94, 96, 97. So a pretty successful run before they decided to make the move um, after finishing second in uh, 1998, 1999. Came across to the Eastern Division. First couple of years, couldn't crack into the finals, and then they came in with a bang. 02, they made the finals and went out straight away, but then went back-to-back flags. Then made the finals the next four years in a row. Uh, runners up in 06 and 07. That heartbreaking. Remember that uh, one after the siren, right? <laughs> yes, I do. So they've obviously used to this. 2009 was a flat spot for Mick Fogarty, but then he got them back right back on the bandwagon. Ten, 2010 and 2011, they went back to back again. So he's, he, they were good at going back to back against Scoresby. Was it both times? Uh, yeah, both times. Yeah. Both, yeah, both times. They had, uh, <coughs> tw- twice against Eastfield, twice against Scorsby. So they obviously, the, the same teams kept lining up on them. Uh, 2012, they went straight out. In 2013, they made the grand final but lost to Baldwin. They made finals in 15 and 16, uh, but were in 2016, they played three finals, won a couple of them, and then didn't make finals until 2022. So it's it's been a drought in terms of premierships. So th- this will be, it's an 11-year drought for them. Uh to, to making the, the for a, a premiership, it's been a ten year, almost ten year drought in terms of making grand final spider. Um, but really, it's they're such a successful club. It almost feels right that Noah Parker back. It felt weird when they were finishing sixth and seventh and and transitioning those those last few years. So, if anyone's actually come out of the pandemic in a better shape, it was Noah Park straight away because before that pandemic, they were sort of stuck in that. Especially with Mick, who'd been there for so long. It was sort of like we don't. You can't tell Mick to go. Mick has to sort of. They have to come to the decision together. And it was they were sort of stuck in that almost Alistair Clarkson and Hawthorne bit where Mick still had that drive to win the flag. Noble are meant to be winning flags, but their list just wasn't quite ready for it. So the pandemic was a perfect opportunity for them to shake hands. And I know Mick had left just before that, but to break break off that partnership, reset and and readjust their list. And since then. They've only lost six games since the pandemic. Uh, they were eight and two before the season was cut short last year, and, and fourteen and four this year. Well, I think they've found other ways, Ray. When you consider that they were dominant for such a period of time, they used to top up with a lot of ex AFL players and VFL players, but now they've started to breed those junior players through that under 19 is starting to become a really strong component for them uh, they're using that growth area themselves a lot better because they've got the competition of other clubs now uh, around them so if they don't use them they fear that they might lose players so I think that's one area that they've really capitalised on and it's starting to gain some real benefit for them in terms of their age profile well it's a lot older than what Rovals is so mm. obviously this is a big moment for them in that we're probably going to see the last last of guys like Kyle Martin on the stage Ziggy Owen all those well, type well, of definitely, guys definitely Ziggy so Ziggy is okay. definitely going to have he's calling time on it he, uh, Connor Schmicky did an interview with Ziggy during the week and he said, it's a bit cryptic because he says he's called time on his career 
but he's only having. But at this stage, he's only having a year off, so maybe he might get the drive. But Ziggy's played almost twenty years of footy with Noah Parker and Rovell, yeah, obviously. Yeah, and he's had a good bit of a go. <laughs> at, so at it will definitely be the last time we see Ziggy on the dice. Should they win? Yeah. So I think for them, it's it is going to be another little bit of a transition period for them from that point of view. You know, so for them, you know, if they could send these guys out with a premiership, it'd probably be very fitting. But in terms of the way that they've played this year, look, they've played some really good footy across the season. At times, it has been a little bit inconsistent. With they've had, had quarter here or a quarter there, where it probably hasn't always gone to plan. Well, well yeah. In terms of that, I'll just cut you in your spotter. So. Lost to Rovell in round one, where we all, like I said, were a bit taken aback by that. Then they smacked Berwick, smacked Vermont, smacked Nord. Got smacked by Doncaster East. So, again, a weird blip. That one. They got home by Blackburn, uh, beat Blackburn, smacked Doncaster, beat Baldwin by 30 points, smacked South Croydon, smacked North Ringwood, smacked Vermont again, beat Park Orchards comfortably, beat Norwood comfortably, beat Berwick comfortably. Then got smacked by Baldwin by 50 points, lost to Rovell, smacked North Ringwood and Doncaster to finish the year. Got beaten by Roval and then smacked South Croydon. So it, it looks like at their best, Noble are hard to beat. But they do, as you say, they just have little random spots where they just lose by a lot too. Like yeah, two of yeah. those, well, three of those, sorry, four of those losses are by six goals or more. And then there's yeah. the one yeah. to Roval by two points. Yeah, and that's where through the midfield they've probably been either beaten for pace, which has probably been a little bit of an Achilles heel for them. And that's probably because of the age factor where they're coming up against teams younger than them, a bit more agile, a bit more athletic than them. And also probably what we've probably noticed, particularly in the last few weeks, and it's been a bit of a pattern, I'm not sure that their kicking efficiency across the ground has been as good as what Rovals has and their ability to to pinpoint their targets. I mean, as much as some of their key players and midfielders get enough of the ball, I think their turnover has been a lot more than what Rovals They definitely panicked been. in that second half, Ray, didn't they? Yeah. That, that when Roval, Roval were coming, they will... Mm. Yeah, they they definitely panicked in the way they they used the ball. There was a couple of interesting decisions. And Matt, even in that second semi final, I was there and saw that there was a little bit of that also in the second or mm. third quarter, uh, last quarter, I mean, because they were still in the game at three quarter time. Really. Clearances are clearly the key for them. You mentioned their spider that they're inside as an inside midfield group. No one's beating them. Martin, no. Horton, Mill, Josh, you've yeah. got some some stats on those two players, along with actually with Jack Beach and Kieran Byers, they've got a pretty good ruck duo. So they might not have the star ruckman like a shell makers, but with those two, they've got a pretty good. And I think Beach has been a really good find for them coming across. He came across from Knox. There was we didn't know a lot about him and how we would go potentially, but he's lived up to his profile and he's really you know, he played some really good games. And Bias has also been very serviceable yeah. across the season. And Bias has kicked some goals. Josh, mm. so Horton Mill, Martin, those where are they? Who are those guys that are dominating on the yeah. inside? Well, Horton Mill, and he's been terrific since coming across from. From Dingley, he's he's shown his experience that he's gone since well since he left Noble Park for Dingley. He's averaged like 25, 25 or 20, under twenty six disposals, eleven contested possessions, and seven and a half clearances per game, plus just under seven tackles and and, fi- and five inside fifties as well. Carl Martin, he's just he just racks up disposals every week. Thirty six disposals, fifteen of those contested, eleven eleven clearance well uh, eleven clearances and, and seven tackles. He he. Those two, particularly early on, because it's going to be real. I have a feeling it's probably going to be a really contested start early, early on out at Basewater Oval. They'll be really crucial, really crucial on the inside. But it's the efficiency as well for Kyle. Mm. He has to be efficient early. I think sometimes when he turns the ball over, they sometimes deviate from the way that they actually want to play because it can be. That's when the turnover game creeps in for them. And then you look on the outside as well. You've got Jackson Sketcher who can mm. do work on the on. The inside, but his outside work: twenty-five and a half dis- disposals and nine contested possessions, plus the five inside fifties. So, yeah, Thomas Glenn's another one who's named on halfback, but he's a, he gets a lot of it, and he's another one who's key to the way they they set up on the outside because he's probably one of their better ball users. Yeah, he he definitely is. Tw- he averaging just under twenty-one disposals a game and two two inside fifties. So they've got that outside run with the likes of Tom Glenn and. Yeah, and Jackson Sketchy, you know Ryan Morrison can rebound off halfback as that Stephen Stephen May type role, Luke Ball as well. They've got plenty of outside run, but I don't feel like it's as quick as the ro- as like the Roval wingers or just the Roval players. Well, that's why it's important to actually 
make uh, Ryan, I was about to call him Stephen May make Ryan Morrison accountable Ray because he's going to want to sweep he will want to stay as deep as possible because Rover will want to get a lot basically besides um, Lockie Wynn most of their players like to kick goal. Like, Matt is a bit of a prototype. So, most of them, Arundel, all those guys, they want to run back towards goal. So, Noble Park will want to keep at least one, one. Morrison or Tua, yeah. behind. They want them to be deepest at all times. So, if the ball does come over the back, at least there's someone to help out. And I think in that second half, they made Morrison sort of creep a bit higher up the ground and some goals were kicked out the back, and I'm sure that would have happened in the second semi as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But, uh, you know, as I said before, you know, Roval's back line, you know, with Jimmy Gwagok there, mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a man down there who looks after that. And, and you know, with his experience, look, I, I agree with you with their midfield. I think their midfield is their number one strength, Noble Park. Mm-hmm. But I, as you said, Josh, I do think Roval's midfield is more ferocious. They're harder yeah. at the ball, t- you know, one, once that uh, ruck contest is over. I think they're harder at the ball and a little bit quicker to get rid of it. Yeah, and I reckon that's every, well, Roval's forward line as well in general. They're a, lo- they're a lot more ferocious and can cause mistakes from uh, from those defenders like Morrison and, and even a Josh Tor. In terms of the split of contested to uncontested, so Noble are the number one disposal side and Roval are third. So there's an average of about six disposals between them per game. Noble, though, have 23 more contested disposals per game. So that means their Roville's mm. uh, sorry yeah no, so Roville's split means they get a lot more of the ball on the outside with speed. So s- if Noble can limit their uncont- if Noble will want to limit Roville's uncontested ball spider because if they can do that they'll make Roville have to match them on the inside and that's where Noble should have the advantage. Well yeah right that's absolutely correct. And I think the one thing with Roville we know when they get the ball in hand they're dangerous but Noble going to have to be very careful Early in the game, because Roval will want to fly out of the box. Oh, twi- twice Roval have got a fast start on them in the three games. That's exactly what I'm going to say. And then the, the, the other time, Noble... Like, Noble, look, let's be honest. I've said it a few times over the past few weeks. Noble should have won that game. They still had oh, 10 scoring shots in the second half. Yeah. Like, we talk about, you know, how good Roval were in the second half. They were very good. But the second half, Noble... It's not like Noble went to water. Noble had... Th- Noble kicked 3-7 to 11 straight. And so Noble should have won that game probably by 20 points, and we should have come away going... Yep. Okay, Rovell were poor in the second half, but they showed how good they are. Rovell shouldn't have won that game. No, no, well, the thing I agree. is, you need you need to, you need to be in that game at halftime for Noble Park. If mm-hmm. they're not, if they're behind, yeah, by because Rovell are going to have the legs. They're fresher. They've had the week off. They'll run the game out. Rovell have had the week off, and Rovell are just fitter. Roval have not lost the last quarter. This That's what I mean. Even when yeah. Doncaster beat them, Roval kicked five goals to yeah. one in the last finishes. quarter, but the mm. trouble was they were six yeah, goals yeah. three <laughs> So, so you're no, right. So Spot is right. Noble need to be in front at three quarters. Well, they need to be at least level with Yeah, well, at least level because then the nerves might come into it, but they'd want to be They'd want to be probably two goals up, especially if there's some sort of breeze at Bayswater. Yeah. And it's going to be a fast track as well because the ground's in great nick. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's that's something to look forward to. In terms of goals, Ben Marson's one that a bit like Mav Taylor and Matt Dave, he doesn't get as much of a shout out as he as he should. But he's kicked thirty one goals this year, and he's had a pretty decent run against Roval. Kicked four in round one, kicked three in uh, round sixteen, and kicked uh, two against them in the in the second semi final. So he's one of those forwards to watch out for. They we said Roval getting lucky win back in is a big one. Ray or wind for them because it gives them a focal point. Noble have had to sort of makeshift it between Byers and Beach. The resting Ruckman is that marking forward. That's that's probably an area that that's one area that they've probably been searching for a key forward for almost five six years. Yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, you, you did they tried right. Piver right for a bit. They tried everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Fever right. Yeah. yeah. So it, that that'll be an area that maybe as well. Rovell are the number one intercept mark side in the competition. Mm-hmm. Josh as well. So Noble. Even if Byers and Beach aren't clunking them, they've got to make sure that Roval don't just intercept Mark. Yeah, but Noble Parker as well, they're the number one Marks inside 50 mm. team as well with 15, 15 per game. But Roval do have, I think, the 18 intercept Marks per game, which definitely outweighs that by a fair bit. But they've also got other scoring options. You know, Blake O'Leary, he's played the oh, eight games. Kicked a fantastic goal last week too. He came uh, back from the VFL and mm. been very serviceable. Yeah, 15 goals. Shane Allen, he's come back to the club after a stint in the EDS. Well, he's their leading goal kicker, I think, isn't he? With yeah, 40, 40 yeah. goals and he's done, ter- he's done terrifically. Josh Stern as well, he's kicked the 15 goals. Jack Francis. Harley and Fairbank. Yeah, those, they have plenty of scoring options. It's, yeah, it all come down to if the, those players like a Jack Beach or a Kieran Bias can bring the ball to the ground and let mm. uh, let the small. And also, like as you mentioned, it, a Noble's ball use is actually not just dumping it. 
because they've mm. clearly good at when they're on top. They're clearly good at hitting their targets yeah. inside four fifty, the number one mark inside fifty side. But when, when Rogel put pressure on them and they dump it, that's when that forward line's not going to have much influence. Josh Tua is the other part of their defensive duo with Morrison, and Steve Hughes thinks he's the best lockdown defender in the comp. Mm. He doesn't lose. He does it. He thinks. Yeah, he's a mid-sized to small defender. I've heard him say that. I think who, who does he go? Underrated. Who does he go to? Who's the most? Does he go to Matt Davy? Does he go to Jake Arundel? I, I think he. I think he's got to go to Taylor. Himself. Yeah, just so play he, above his height. Yeah, I think he, he has. I so Morrison to take the deepest of the two, and Tua takes the other one. Yeah. I, I would think Davy, just because he's the more. I think he's the one that's so dangerous around the goals. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. you've got to figure. Are you, do you try to stop? The structural one and take away the two guys that can mark it. So Morrison would take one, two You've got the to other. take away the asset. You've got to take away their biggest asset. Yeah, but that's but so that's what I mean. You've got to decide is their biggest asset the guy that can well, in the compete aerially or is it the guy who finishes the job? The question is where do you want your defender to play? Because Matty Davy plays a lot up the ground. Mm. He doesn't they stay in that four. I don't think 50. they want Tua to stay. He doesn't, he doesn't play that. He moves all over the ground. Yeah, he and kicks his goals running when back When the ball comes goal. forward, Matty Davy comes forward. And that's where he does his damage. So yeah, I think he's got to go with Taylor himself. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they want Josh to a too high up the ground because one, he's a low possession defender. He's a classic defender. He'll, he'll have eight touches, but he'll yeah. keep his man to six. Yeah. And ball use-wise, he's not the guy that's going to be kicking 50-metre switches <laughs> across the ground. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. We've got to, we're going to go to our interview with Steve Hughes. Spider, anyone want anything more to say on Noble Park before we go to that? Well, I think it's just going to come down to whether Shane Allen can kick a, you know, Potentially four or five goals. So you, so you think Noel Park? Because I was saying, obviously, we said before with Roval that I don't think anyone will kick more than four, but we could mm. see three or four guys bob up with three. Do you think Noble need need they, someone to kick need, a bag? They need someone to kick four or five to win this grand final. Does that get him the medal? If he kicks four or five, I think he can win the medal <laughs> if they win. All right. Well, we will go to that interview with Steve Hughes. Josh, once again, gets to listen to his own dulcet tones. Lovely. When we come back, we'll do our tips, our margins, and our best on ground. Steve Hughes joins us now for the Deakin University Weekend Forecast. Steve, uh, just off the bat, you know, your first, Noble Park's first grand final in Premier Division in nine years, your first grand final since you joined the Bulls. Uh, how are you feeling personally and how are the boys feeling as well heading into a big clash this weekend? Uh, proud, excited, Um yeah, can't wait. Just looking forward to just enjoying the week, relaxing a little bit. Um, yeah, highly intense, but we've got a breast now and reset and um, really excited to see our boys um, you know, play the way they did on Saturday and book themselves a spot. I think they deserve it. Um, like most clubs, they've worked really hard. Um, and, yeah, just super proud of, of our group and, um, looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, it's it's going to be a big clash too. And this season, it's it's been a really strong season from you guys once more. You know, you finished second last year, and you you finished second again this year. A fourteen and four record. You know, you two of those defeats against well, this in the regular season against this weekend's opponent. Um, you must be pretty happy with how the season has gone. And did you expect to be? Uh, in this position or there come finals time um, at the start of the season? Uh, yeah, look, a little bit difficult to tell on the back of, you know, um, a full year of lockdown with no games and then, you know, only you know, as part of eight or nine games last year. It's not much of a, I guess, sample size as they call it. But, you know, I, I was yeah, reasonably confident that we'd, we'd be in the mix. Um, we've obviously got a, we're really happy with our list. We've got a fair bit of depth to our list and um, feel like we're strong in most areas. And, you know, um, nice little balance of young and old and experienced. And, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're reasonably confident that we'd, we'd have an okay year, but, you never know, but yeah, no, obviously really pleased with uh, um, this the season and um, going into Saturday, um, excited about uh, about a grand final. And yeah, let's let's just have a look at that list. You know, you've got you've got a really talented midfield as well, led by Kyle Martin and Jackson Sketcher, and coming in this year as well, Jack Beach has come in, Chris Horn Milne as well has come across from Dingley. Chris Horn Milne in particular, how impressed have you been with? With his impact coming into what was already a really strong midfield. Oh yeah, he's been outstanding, Hodgie. Um, he's um, 
yeah, fitting like a bit of a glove back at his old club um, with two of his best mates in um, in Kyle and Jack. Um, yeah, look, he's been outstanding. He's a bit, bit of an engine room for us. Wins, wins a contested ball, works hard. Um, just works his bum off around the club, and I, I sort of expected nothing less. I, I'd only seen a little bit of Hodgie at Dingley. We played them in a practice match last year, and he was by far and away uh, their best player. I was excited to get him back. We, we knew we knew we knew that he was going to have an impact, and he's he's, he's been excellent. So, but I wouldn't just uh, single him out. I, I think the depth of our midfield's been been really good across the board. You know, Jordan Marsden. Um, one that springs to mind for me, like he's mm-hmm. he's developed a lot. Um, you know, uh, uh, Lockie McDonald out on the wings, been outstanding yeah. all year, really come on. So yeah, I think that's probably one of our stronger areas um, as a whole. Um, our midfield group, we've been able to generate a bit of depth in there to give support to to Jack and Kyle, and um, you know that's that's um, that's probably one of the reasons that we're. We finished where we did. And yeah, I just want to touch on Lockie McDonald and, and Jordan Mars and those two players. They've probably flown under the radar given the impact the likes of Horton Milne and, and Sketcher and Carl Martin have had. But uh, one player that has also come back, Shane Allen, how impressed have you been with him coming back and, and kicking 40 goals this season as well, leading the way up forward? Uh, he's been great. Um, you know, he's... Um he, he doesn't need many opportunities, Shane. He's um, he's very intelligent footballer. Um, you know, he's he, he probably knows what's happening before some others do on the ground, which um, you know opens up opportunities for scoring. And he, he he kills you pretty quick. He's a he's a pretty good kick. So, um, but but outside of his footy, it's just great to have him back around the club. He's a, he's a, he's a great fella, and um, you know he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's um, He's pretty relaxed around the club, calms the boys down, and um, he's really important at this time of year for us too. Uh, yeah, and yeah, just dog it. Well, how big of an impact do you reckon he could have on Grand Final Day? Given you know, I think he's probably already been there and done that, as well as other players like Chris Horn Milne, who's won premierships over at Dingley, and you know, players who have been at Noble Park for a while now. Oh yeah, well, I mean, not not just their football on Saturday. It's just you know probably the week leaning on your more experienced players. That includes, mm-hmm. you no know, Kyle himself, who's played played Premiership footy. Um, yeah. uh, also Ziggy Owen. Uh, so we've got a number within the group that have sort of been there, done that, and um, you know we, obviously we want them to play well on Saturday. But just around the club, they they help relax the boys this week. Um, and get them in the right headspace. So yeah, there's, there's not just the element of the way they play on Saturday, but just just the preparation, which is which is really important as well. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely be rely, relying on those players like Shane. And looking at your opponent this weekend too, Roval three meetings this year. The Hawks have gone on top on all three occasions. They've all been really enthralling contests. Are you expecting any different this week? Uh, probably not. No, no, they're um, they're a quality unit. We know that. We respect them highly. Um, you know, they're, they're they're strong in all areas. I think you know that's that's probably that's probably a part of their um, their overall strength is they they don't have any weak links. They they've got uh, good balance around the ground. They're obviously you know really well coached by Wisey. He's done a terrific job with them. And um, yeah, well, you probably expect a pretty tight battle again on Saturday. So. Um, Hopefully we can um, <laughs> we can get one up at, at, the, at the pointy end. So um, we'll see how we go. Yeah, and no, it's. It, do you reckon this is also like really big as well for southeastern football? It, it's you know not every day you get to see well two sides from the southeast suburbs battling it out for well for premiership glory and in premier division two. Do you reckon it is? You know, pretty big for the south for the growth of footy in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's you know a testament to both clubs and um, good programs. Um, you know, we I, I feel like personally we, we punch we bat a little bit above our average with um, you know junior players that have progressed. We're not necessarily a growth area, Noble Park or all the surrounding suburbs, to be honest, um, in relation to you know junior football. So. But we point to the likes of the Marsden boys, all all three are uh, you know Noble Park juniors for us. Um, so yeah, we're still we're still getting players that are coming out of that you know that underage program, and um, yeah, absolutely testament to both sides for uh, for good footy, footy programs and 
Um, I'm sure they've got some juniors over at Roval playing on Saturday as well. So, um, yeah, it's exciting for yeah, South East footy for sure. Yeah, and, you know, if you win if you win this weekend, it would be, you know, the club's, I think, it would be the club's fifth premiership since crossing over from the Southern, their, their first in Premier Division as well in 11 years. Just just how much would this premiership mean to, to the club in general if if you guys did get up? Uh, I mean, look, it's, you know, it's what you play for. I think, um, you know, it's just, just an exciting week for us. You know, we're just going to put our best foot forward. And um, if our best isn't good enough, well, well so be it. But... Um, you know, I know, you know, our supporters, um, you know, everybody around the club has been ex- excellent in terms of, you know, the attendance of games this year and supporting the boys. And, yeah, I, I already feel like there's a sense around the club that everybody's pretty excited about it. Um, we'll have a, hopefully a good crowd supporting us this week. And um, if we can win, yeah, look, it'll be outstanding for the club. First premiership in, you know, the best part of a decade. And um, we're obviously a pretty proud club, so we're, we're hoping we can get it done. But, um Easier said than done, but we'll uh, we'll do our best. Yeah, I'm sure you will, and it'll be an exciting affair and a, probably a massive crowd travelling up the Princess Freeway down to Bayswater over. Well, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. But on on a Monday on the Monday before the the Premier Division Grand Final, good luck on Saturday, and yeah, it'd be it would be something else if you guys did get up and win the Premiership trophy. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, mate. Set sail for home, Samuel Hart. Yes! He's got it! Back to four points. What a good goal that was. The Red Jackets are up and about. Deakin University Grand Final Premier Division Weekend Forecast. Last one of 2022. So we've heard from both coaches. We spoke about both sides, how they've got here, how they've, what strengths there are, what they're going to have to do to win the game. Now let's get into the nitty-gritty. We're going to have to tip. Josh, you're with me. We're going to have to tip a few times before the week's out. Ray and Spider are on pre-game on Saturday, so they'll have to remember who they tip, although I'm pretty sure Ray won't forget. Uh, we'll start he's got with his Roval Exactly. What's the well, he's got his Swanies top on, his Roval pants on. They go, to, they go together well. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. So tip, margin, and best on ground. I've been doing this a lot recently, I have to admit. <laughs> Make sure you get your eastern teams, not your northern teams. I think, I think Roval... They've got the psychological edge over Noble with those three victories, and they'll be pretty confident. It'll be close, but Rover will just run over the top of them. I I think it'll probably be six. I'm going to say sixteen points they'll win by. Best on ground, I think. I think Anthony Brolick. He's you know his experience is going to be key for some of those well younger players, and you know he has that experience winning state league premierships with with Box Hill and. I think I think he'll be in for a big game and he'll play a key role. Right? Well, obviously, I'm going to pick Roval. Okay. You've, you've sent shockwaves and down the East of Wimbledon community. This is from yeah. my head. Because, but my question is, what do what can Noble Park do different? They've had three goes to beat Roval. And Roval's come up Trump every time. They've got to come up with something different. And I, I just don't think they can. I think, you know, when you've had three goes, that mental blockage is in the back of your mind there. And I think that Roval will win. I think they'll win by four goals. And I have to agree with Josh. I've, I had Anthony Brolick as winning the medal. So, Roval, 24 points, Anthony Brolick. Yes. Spider? Well, I think when you look at it, to your question regarding Noble having to do something different, I think that's a big challenge for them. I'm not sure that they can do much different... I just don't think they have that capacity to run with this team. I think Rover will demonstrate how good they've been this whole year and they'll win the grand final. I think they'll win by 26 points. And I think Lockie McDonald might just have one out of the box and I think he might be the driving force through that midfield, get those hands on the ball early and really be the key instrument apart, you know, through that midfield to win that game. So I'm going to go for uh, Roval by 26 points and Lockie McDonald to take home uh, the best on ground. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go a bit different. I think it's going to be super close. So I've got Roval winning as well. I think this whole final series we've seen every minor premier has won. And obviously mm. Wavy Blues and Sylvan got tested and then on the weekend we saw East Ring and South Park really stamp their authority. This one seems a bit like you'd be a much more confident tipping the upset in terms of Noble Park, but as you've all said, Roval beaten them three times. They've beaten them different ways every time. Um, so Roval four points. 
I think it's going to be. I think it's, I think Noble might start early. The game will be a bit nervy, tense. Noble have got more experience. They'll start well, but as Rovi will settle, they'll be they'll start uh, running over top of them. And I think my man Maverick Taylor, he kicks big goals, Ray, and goals win grand finals. And I think he he might bob up with three or four. Now, obviously. I'm, I, I get to choose who wins it, so we might. If Matt Taylor does win it, we might, 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 and it's a bit biased, we might we might know why that is. But yeah, I think I think Matt Taylor's yeah, he's a bit of a cult hero in the making. I think Ray, if he can bob up with that mullet, maybe a high flying mark and a goal from from the arc right in front of some Roville faithful, we might might go down in folklore. But I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a great grand final. I think, and as you mentioned, Rad, the, the the crowd, the fact that it is Roville Noble. Um, obviously Blackburn and Park Orchards in the morning Then Roval and Blackburn So Roval are going to be there all day pretty much Blackburn, if you're there for the first two games You're going to hang around So there might still be a sea of red jackets as well That Ben Warren Smith always loves yes. um, And Park Orchards, you know, they support their 19s well too So the crowd will build There's no cars, no dogs, nothing Just don't bring your own grog Try and book your tickets before And if not, make sure you've got an FPOS card A debit card, something, your phone To, to pay, no, no cash on the entry I know it's legal tender But... It's just easier to not have a bucket full of cash at the gate. But I think uh, it's a curiosity <laughs> too, Matty, that people that well, don't always come and watch our competition. There will be people will from we first timers that will come. There'll and be people from Albury. The there'll be people from Albury. There'll be people from all around because this is this is the pinnacle of local football. There's going to be state. more people at this game than what there's going to be at Chadson Shopping Centre because it's in the eastern suburbs, both these Oh, that's because Rover and Noble are all in, they'll <laughs> yeah, all be in Bayswater. <laughs> just quickly, one thing I think we have to do, we have to congratulate Dan Beard on being the umpire of the year as well. Again? Think, yeah, yes, was he? Yes, he, it's on Facebook, he was umpire of the no, year. No, no, that was last year, they haven't done him then. Oh, haven't they? Oh, I saw oh, no, I Facebook. saw Lee Green commented on that, I said, yeah. what are you doing, Lee? That says oh, 2021 oh, right, on it. Okay. He'll well, probably look, win it again, if though. he's not with a name like Beard, he should <laughs> Well, he's Beard, he'll be doing the main game as well. Um, so Chandler Medal is happening tonight as we record, but by the time we release, we'll all know the winners. Putting your crystal balls before we go, who's going to win the Chandler Medal? I know, Ooh, so I won't so tip. You've thrown us under the bus. Yeah, I have, mate. I have. Well, you brought it up with Umpire Year. I thought we've got to go out on a medal winner. Uh, oh, it's hard, it's hard to... Anyone from Rover Ray or too many contributors? Oh, no, this. Well, Lockie McDonald could Yeah, be. yeah, okay. Uh, Brayden Kilpatrick. Brayden Kilpatrick, Spider? I'm thinking maybe someone from Doncaster Roos. Doncaster Roos, they do have some vote getters. Yeah. Uh, maybe Chris Field. Chris Field, there you go, some good tips. Well, yeah. when you listen to this, you'll be able to tell yourself whether you were right or wrong because you'll find out uh, well before this podcast is released. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure doing. Josh, I think you've been on almost every single one Pretty of these much, Deacon yeah. University weekend <laughs> forecasts, so they're synonymous with your voice. Spider in the same boat, and, and Ray, the second half of the year, just you know, putting your hand up when, when need be. It's been an absolute pleasure bringing you these podcasts throughout the season uh, FNL community uh, we hope you've enjoyed them the numbers seem to suggest you've enjoyed them so hopefully next year they can come back bigger and better than ever uh, we will see you though at Bayswater Oval tomorrow the most important of the afternoon. so Haig won it down Wignall got it can he get a handball away he's going to burst away he's going to run to 50 low ball to the top of the goal square McCormack oh, no. he put it in oh, he no. put it in Oh, Wignall, he got through the Acosta Harvey tackle, oh, no. took a few paces and then speared it to low to McCormack. He's been good all day, Billy. Started the day with an almost hanger. He can kicked make the, kicked the check side from right in front of us. Billy, he can make a, he can make a name for himself. Billy, don't be a hero. Oh.